interesting idea, and I understand how it's hard to figure out the effect of diet and antibiotics, but it, wouldn't it be relatively easy to do a statistical study to see whether cesareans and breastfeeding are co highly correlated with any of these? It has been, yes, them? people are doing that, but this is really new stuff. So, you know, you're asking for, for large scale studies, but that data is being collected. Fabulous. What about skin flora? Well, the skin flora also, I mean, this is an, an also d important determinant of health. You know, most of us, the majority of people have staph living on their skin, and it doesn't cause any problems. So you want to be in balance with your skin flora. And if, if, if that becomes unbalanced for various reasons, then those organisms can cause damage. And I think that's a general you know, a general principle, it's not that we want to be germ-free. We want to strike a proper balance with germs. And if we're in a proper balance with them, we can live together and they don't cause problems. And this is another reason for being very cautious about the use of antibiotics, because when we overuse them, we select for nastier germs. And that's a very clear pattern that's happened. If we had saved antibiotics for the instances in which they were really necessary, we would not have the incredibly serious and widespread problem of antibiotic resistance that we have today. Yes? Yeah. I'll give you the mic in just a second. How does that relate to household products that I are antibiotic? Bacterial, I like think you want to use as few germicidal products as possible. I mean, there's no reason for, you know, there, there is a, a lar another large issue out there that I'm sure you have heard of, the hygiene hypothesis, uh, which I'm a great believer in, uh, which states that living in too clean environments, especially growing up, uh, predisposes us to problems, that the immune system learns by engaging in, f in battle with organisms. And the idea of keeping everything clean may do us long-term harm. And there again, we do have very good data that kids that are raised with families with animals in them are healthier and have less asthma. That, you know, the, I never believed in the three-second rule. I'll eat anything off the floor. And I think it's just, <laughs> I think it's just fine. You know, I, I uh, garden a lot when I pull vegetables out of the ground. I don't care if there's some dirt on them. And I think this is, this is, this is we, we have made our environments too clean. And in general, it is not wise to use soaps, uh, skin products that are germicidal. I wouldn't even bother with these alcohol wipes that are so popular. I think you're much better off with just ordinary soap and water. Yeah. Yes, Aobiome. Have you heard of Aobiome? Which I have is, not. Um, it's, uh, spray-on probiotic-type product yep. that converts ammonia to nitric ac acid. And, and why do you use this? To increase levels of NO, uh -huh. to increase levels of nitric acid. Well, I'd have to see whether it actually does that. Right. Okay, all right. Okay. Dr. Earl. <laughs> so, Sylvia Earl here. I, I love everything that you have just described. And, and uh, I look at the whole world and recognize that microbes rule as, as they always have from the beginning of life on Earth, whenever that was, and that they still rule, not just in our own bodies, but the planet as a whole. And what we're 
now seeing for the very first time in history is the ability to understand what no other creature on the planet can. I mean, humans rock. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, we have this, this weird capacity to see what birds and elephants and all those other smart creatures cannot yeah. and to figure things out and to, and to anticipate the next yeah. step. It's the only hope that we have. I agree. And that here we are understanding, maybe for the first time in all of our human history, that our lives depend on the little guys. Yeah. That we have just begun to, for the first time, see, yeah. let alone understand their importance. Right. It wasn't until the late 1980s that we discovered a little creature called Prochlorococcus that generates one in every five breaths you take in terms of oxygen in the atmosphere. They live in the ocean. Who knew? Who knew? Who knows now? Who knows the things that you know? You know, we need a big megaphone for you to get people to listen up. We got to respect the little guys because what we're doing to the chemistry of ourselves is reflected yeah. big time on the chemistry of the planet. And while we live relatively a long time, you know, a hundred years or so, these little guys can transform themselves in a matter of hours. Yeah. And what we are changing the planet with acidification of the ocean, with what we're doing to the land, to the waters of the world, comes right back to us, which is, you know, what matters, I guess, to us. So, what do you think? <laughs> what do you think about extrapolating what we now know <coughs> about what we're doing with our own universe within our skin to what we're doing to the whole world as our home? Well, I think clearly we are part of everything. And an, an interesting thought is that in topological terms, the gut is outside the body. Uh, it is continuous with the exterior. So the inside of our digestive tract is connected to the outside in the larger world and to this whole microbial universe out there. <laughs> There's so many ramifications of this. You, you may know that one of the one of the reasons that we're exposed to antibiotics, in, especially in beef, uh, is that cows are evolved to eat grass. They are not designed to eat grain. We fatten them on grains that wreaks havoc with their digestive systems. And in order to deal with that, we have to give them antibiotics because it changes the flora in their guts. And then we suffer, not only are the cows suffering from that, but we then get the residues of the antibiotics which are further doing damage to the natural microbiome. So the, the general lesson that we are all, we are part of everything, I think is, is an important one. I mean, we're not isolated units. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Andrew, I'm really glad you're raising this issue about the microbiome. This is also, from my perspective, one of the most exciting and significant developments of the last few years. Yeah. And I can't help but point out it's very much a result of the Genome Project and yeah. the ability to be able to actually know what's there. Because most of those organisms that live on us or in us can't be cultured in the laboratory. We didn't know they were there, but they have DNA. And now we have the ability to sequence DNA. In fact, I have in my pocket a <laughs> DNA sequencing instrument that's just about the size of a uh, postage stamp. 
except it seems to be tangled up right now with my <laughs> guitar finger picks for some reason. Well, anyway, uh, but what, what you're saying is enormously exciting, but it's also an area that's moving very quickly and uncertainly. Yep. And people want to know, what can we do about this in terms of being able to improve our own health by taking advantage of trying to normalize uh, what is clearly a, a microbiome that has taken a hammering yep. from antibiotics, uh, from diet, from all of the other aspects of what's happening in our Western culture. And I'm a little concerned that that opens the door to marketing of probiotics yep. in a way that is frankly not scientific. Right. It's basically driven yep. by the desire to make yep. a buck. So. What do you say uh, to people I, who come to you and say, okay, you're the guy who understands all this stuff. What probiotic should I be taking? And how do you know that you're giving them the right answer based on yeah. evidence when the evidence is still sort of in the process of First of, of all, being I generally don't recommend probiotics. I recommend that people eat fermented foods because I think we have better evidence for that. But as I said, if you take an antibiotic or if you're traveling, I think it's a good idea to take a probiotic. There is evidence that some strains of probiotics survive passage through stomach acid. You know, for instance, one called Lactobacillus GG. So I would look for products that have that strain in them. But, but still, the concern is, I, I agree, I don't think we have good evidence for how you can shift the microbiome by taking probiotic supplements. We don't know that. Yeah, we need that kind of rigorous, randomized Absolutely, trial yeah. to see which of these kinds of probiotic developments are actually going to change the circumstance and not just be neutral or maybe even exactly. make it worse right. because they will also yep. alter your microbiome. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Okay. Okay. I think we're out of time. Dr. Andrew Weil, thank, thank you, you so sure. very much. Good. Fascinating. Good. All right.